Good morning. Welcome to worship at First Presbyterian Church of Columbus, Georgia. We're glad that you're here to join us as we worship God by offering our prayers and singing songs and listening to scripture. Please come in with us that we may worship God together. Our first lesson comes from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 18. Listen to the word of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our, struggles is, for our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil and the in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on the evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness. As shoes for your feet, put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always preserve in supplication for all the saints. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 12 through 27. Listen to the word of God. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all of the members of the body, through many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into, one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink of one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot were to say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and those members of the body that we think less honorable we clothe with greater honor, and our less respectable members are treated, are treated with greater respect, whereas our more respectable members do not need this. But God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honor to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body but the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honored, all rejoice together with it. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Hello, my name is Catherine Livingston and I'm a freshman at Columbus High School. 
For me, ninth grade has been a time of big transitions. A new school, new teachers, and new classes. It has also been a time of anxiety, as I have had to make almost all new friends. In my search for friendship, it has often been easiest to look for people who are most like me. People who have the same sense of humor that I do. People who play the same sports that I do. And people who take the same academic classes that I do. I don't think I'm alone in this. If you look on high school campuses across Columbus, students in orchestra tend to stick with other students in orchestra. Athletes tend to stick with other athletes. And students in advanced placement classes tend to stick with other students in AP classes. We seek out people who are most like us. And we, look, and we often look down on others who are different from us. The truth is, this way of dividing ourselves up into small groups is easy. And we tell ourselves that it is both natural and inevitable. But Paul makes it clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 that it is not God's way. God does not divide us. He unites us. God does not judge us by our differences, but celebrates our individuality. God does not think those of us who take, the best, who take the hardest classes, make the best grades, and score the most goals are better than everyone else. He thinks we are all unique, and each of our individual traits and talents is essential to creating and sustaining a unified body of Christ. It is easy to say that we agree with Paul's words in verses four to six. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. In many ways, these verses are very reassuring. Paul tells us that we are created by God, we are valued, and we are essential to the work of Christ, not in spite of our differences, but because of them. But it is often hard to live our day-to-day -day life according to Paul's instructions. We don't always want to accept that everyone else is as valued and essential as we are? What about our classmates who don't put out their best efforts in class? What about those teammates who cut up and cause trouble for our coaches? And what about those people we don't think are very nice? People who look down on other people? Where do they fit into in the body of Christ? Are they, are they forgiven as fully as we are? Paul's message is clear here too. Verses 21 to 24 read, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 provides us with a vision that is both beautiful and comforting in theory, but is often hard to live by. With his tremendous generosity, God is asking us to be generous. With his deep and enduring love, he is asking us to be loving. In church on Sundays, at dinner time with our siblings on Tuesdays, in seventh period geometry class on Fridays, and during the big games on Saturdays, all days of the week, with everything we do, we are to live our lives as essential, respectful, loving parts of the one body of Christ. If we're honest, it is very hard command. I ask for God's help 
for myself and for all of us as we tried to uphold his will and vision for our lives. Good morning. I am Boyd Biggerstaff, and I'm going to give a brief message on First Presbyterian as a body. As part of the church, we work together as one whole. We are the body of Christ. Like a body, the church works together. Every part depends on each other. The body is made up of many different parts. As many different parts, all the parts function together. Each part of the body is in the right place, is the right size, and has the right purpose. Just like our church, the body of First Presbyterian, working together to praise and glorify God. If one part suffers, all parts suffer. If one part rejoices, all parts rejoice. As part of the youth, I have had many elders and significant people in the church tell me and other youth members that we are the future of the church. And that is when I realized that that is our part of the church, to think about the future. I have been a part of the youth for six years now. I have experienced being a part that is significant to the church. We have praised and we have celebrated and we have grown together through our troubles. As part of the youth, we work together. We have bought food for homeless families, honored our church members by serving lunch, packed boxes and sent them through Operation Christmas Child, and packed sack lunches. We each have a purpose of the future of this church and the future of our relationship with Christ. So just remember, we are all a special part of First Pres and a special part of God's story. And us working together as one glorifies God and causes our church to grow together in Christ. Hello, I'm Emmy Van Dorn. I'm a sophomore at Columbus High School. It's daylight on a glorious Saturday morning. You walk along a familiar sidewalk with familiar people laughing and joking. You stop to look at your friends and your family and say to yourself, thank you God for this, this moment, these people, and the sweet serenity. Sunbeams just seem to shine only for you, warming your soul and smile. You continue your beholden introspection, laughing, watching, observing. Then, then suddenly standing on a lone pillar in the great expanse of a desert, the only sound is your heart beating ever faster. You try to escape, not to look, but there's no place to go. Filled with emotions you don't want to address, you shy your head away, but just knowing that you do sends a deep shame through your being. You've seen a homeless person, and as their life has been lived so differently from your own, you struggle to look at them as you look at your family. You quickly see their worn clothing, and you're overcome with emotion, a mix of feelings, each an antithesis of the other, sympathy, yet revulsion, a fear, and a sense of endangerment, asking yourself, could I ever be in that situation? We remove ourselves from contact with people, distance ourselves away from people we deem different, unusual, unlike ourselves. This distancing, an act only committed for the sake of our own superficial defense, shields us from openly addressing the reasons we shy away. We must always strive to address every motion which causes us to ostracize another, for if we address these emotions, then we can address everything that frightens us. We can strive to make connections with those we don't understand, and admittance to incomprehension is always a step forward towards true comprehension. With true comprehension comes true relationships and the creation of a body that does not just consist of one member, but of many, as written in Corinthians 12. When we make our best efforts to bridge divides, we demonstrate the characteristic that has always redeemed humanity in the times of struggle. 
our ability to acknowledge the spirit living in your fellow human and creation. It's necessary to address all that you fear, for all that you fear is all that is limiting the function of the body. Whether it be giving your love for the homeless person's part of the body by bridging the divide, smile. As Hebrews 13.2 states, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so, some people have entertained angels without knowing it. Smile to everything you fear until you fear no more. I wanna thank every person for always striving to address your emotions and bridge the divide, for when you do so, you are not just defining yourself, but the body of Christ as it lives in every single being, including you. Thank you. It's been a privilege to join you this day in worship. We're glad that you were here. First Presbyterian Church seeks to serve and minister in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord be kind and gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor. Go in peace as you love and serve God.